0: Amen. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Oh, come on, let's praise him. Hallelujah. Come on, it feels good in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So good to be here with you this morning. Give honor to your pastor who I know is not here, but he asked me if I could be here. And uh, I've uh, flaked on him several times. and. Uh, so I, I finally decided to uh, make good on my promises. So uh, here I am, here you are, and uh, Jesus is here. Amen. Book of Genesis chapter 50. Amen. I don't know if I can get just a little bit more monitor. Uh, I have been having some issues with my voice. And uh, so it usually takes me about two services to get warmed up. So hallelujah. And, uh, but I'll get there. And I uh, feel like I have a good word from the Lord for you. Amen. How many people love the word of God? Praise God. Book of Genesis chapter 50. Verse number 19. Very familiar passage of Scripture. <clears throat> Say amen when you got it. Amen. Book of Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 19. Praise God. And Joseph said unto them, fear not, for am I in the place of God. But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God, everyone say, but God. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people. I want to preach to you just for a few moments this morning on this subject, patience and faith, patience and faith. Can we say that together, patience and faith? Father, we thank you for your presence, for your spirit. Lord, from the very beginning of this service to this moment, you have visited us through our praise and worship, through our giving, God, and now we're asking you to visit us once again through the preaching of your word. Your word is highly exalted, even above your own name. Lord, I pray that today you would answer my prayer and use me, God, for the sole purpose of edifying this precious people. They're your people. Your name is upon them. You love them. Use me today, God, in Jesus' name. And someone shout, amen. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. you you may be seated. If you are not familiar with the chapter we are reading from this morning, it is the closing chapters of the book of Genesis. It is documenting the words of a man named Joseph who is speaking to his brothers. The life of Joseph actually begins in Genesis chapter 37. And the Bible only gives us two descriptions about Joseph. The first is his age. He is 17 years old. And the second is his tendency to be a tattletale. Immediately after the Bible tells us that he's always telling on his brothers, it tells us that Jacob, Joseph's father, loved him. And not only did he love him, he loved him more than all of his other brothers. Brothers, At the time, Joseph had some ten brothers, but he was his father's favorite. This, of course, did not settle well with his brothers. Genesis 37 and 4 says, And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than them, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Their hatred of Joseph could not be hidden. The Bible says that they could not, not that they would not, but that they could not speak kindly to him. Their hatred had accelerated beyond the point of control. And then one day, Joseph has a pair of dreams, and in each dream, there is a symbolism and an interpretation that one day, Joseph will rule over his entire family. His brothers will bow to him. His mother and his father will as well. When Joseph wakes up and tells everyone the dream, as you can imagine, it didn't settle well with anyone. Genesis 37 and 8 says, And his brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams, and for his words. Verse number 11 says that they became jealous of Joseph. The more Joseph was favored both by God and his father, the darker the evil in their hearts became. Joseph just could not erase the hate that his brothers had for him. By verse number 20, the brothers are now saying words like, let us Kill him. If you're not familiar with what happens next, Joseph is betrayed by his brothers. He is assaulted violently. He is thrown into a pit, and his brothers begin to contemplate whether they should kill him or sell him as a slave. They decide that it is more beneficial to sell him, and so he is sold to a band of Ishmaelites. Joseph is then hauled away to Egypt to be sold as mere property. There is no doubt that in his mind, everything his brothers have done to him is pure evil and void of God and any semblance of goodness. From what we can tell, Joseph spent the majority of his life feeling this way. Then in the 50th chapter that we just read from, he's grown up. He's weathered many trials and lived a long life. And he reveals something that he never mentions throughout any other chapter in the book of Genesis. And he says, As for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. In other words, Joseph is letting them know There is no question in my mind today that you meant me a whole lot of evil. But there is no question in my mind today that God took all the evil and made it work for everyone's good. Joseph rightly concluded that there are moments in life when we suffer senselessly and sometimes even at the hands of evil people and hostile circumstances that seem void of God and goodness. But you have to be patient and carry on, because it's not until the end of your trial that God reveals He was working in the background from the beginning. And today we're preaching on having a little bit of patience and having a little bit of faith, because you got to get to the end of your trial to see that God has been working the whole time. And I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but I just feel like there's a whole lot of people that are convinced that God has somehow stepped into the background into permanent obscurity. Friends, nothing could be further from the truth. You might be suffering. You might be, amen, in certain dilemmas. You might be discouraged. Uh, amen. Maybe you've reached the end of your trial, amen, and you're still feeling discouraged. But I want to encourage you today. There's coming a day in your life when you're going to see that God was turning everything around for your good. Oh, come on, let's praise him. Oh, come on, let's praise him. I feel like God is talking to somebody. I know God is talking to somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. We're preaching on having patience. Everyone say patience. And we're preaching about having faith. Everyone say faith. Amen. You got to have some patience to keep going forward, even when it seems like everything is backwards. You got to have some faith. Faith that says, I know this trial is not the end of me. And when, not if, but when I get to the end of my trial, I will see that God was working from the beginning and making a miracle out of my mess. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. We serve a God that can make ugly beautiful. We serve a God that can make hostile peaceful. We serve a God that takes bad situations and turns them around for good. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on. I'm not sure everybody believes it, but I'm going to preach it anyways. Because as long as one or two people believe it, we're going to be all right. As long as five people believe this, you're going to be all right. As long as 10 people can get with this, we'll be all right. Come on. Hallelujah. Let me be very clear with you. I am not preaching. I am not preaching that God predestined everything, including the bad stuff. That's not actually what I'm preaching. I am preaching that there is stuff that was intended 110% to do you in. There is stuff out there that is no good, no bueno, none of it. It is hurtful. It is painful. It is hostile. It can be vicious, violent. It can be void of goodness. Amen. But God is able to transform it and make it work in your favor. And I know, not, I know it's hard to believe that. Amen. When you're in the middle of a mess. And I know it's hard to believe that. Amen. When you're Crying yourself to bed at night. And I know it's hard to believe that. Amen. When the children are wayward. Amen. And the husband is left. I know it's hard to believe that. Amen. When the, when the health is gone. And the finances are running low. Amen. But you got to believe that. Amen. Otherwise. Otherwise. You're going to be in a world of hurt. Permanent hurt. All kinds of trouble. But if you can keep your faith in God. And if you can keep your patience. You will reach the end of your trial. And God will. Oh, come on, come on, come on. You, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't think we're always great uh, at, at determining what really is good. I don't think our definition of what, what, what is truly good is always that good. You know, Joseph's father, Jacob, had a very similar situation to Joseph's. He had to flee his home, and he went to the to the to the land and to the home of a man named Laban. And when he gets to Laban's house, he sees a pretty girl named Rachel. Jacob is the first man in the Bible to ever the scripture ever says that he fell in love with her. It was love at first sight. He loved Rachel. He said, he asked Laban, can I marry this girl? He said, absolutely. Wedding went down, but when the honeymoon came up and the veil came off, it was the wrong girl. It was her older sister Leah. And all the Bible says was that she was tender-eyed. I don't know what that means, but it don't sound good. And he stares old tender-eyed in the eye. Says, this is not what I signed up for. This was not part of the deal. But you can't just divorce tender-eyed. He leaves the honeymoon, goes to Laban's house, says, you tricked me. You deceived me. Laban says, I didn't trick you. You can marry Rachel. But you're going to have to work for me. Because in our country, we always marry off the first woman first. The oldest sister first. So you can have Rachel, but you got to keep Leah. And all of a sudden, he's locked into a 14-year deal. With one woman who the Bible says... He despised. He despised Leah. And, and Jacob's, from Jacob's perspective, Laban was a dirty rat. In fact, towards the end of his life, he tells Laban, he says, I've worked for you 20 years and you've changed my wages 10 times. And I don't think he meant a raise. know what Jacob found out all that glitters is not gold and all that's gold don't glitter and Rachel was a lot better looking than old tender eye but Rachel couldn't have no kids and God favored Leah not Rachel God had favored the gold that didn't glitter. And Jacob went his whole life despising this woman who was giving him child after child after child. And Rachel could not produce. And he went his whole life despising this woman that went out of her way to please him. And he thought, you're nothing but the result of trickery and manipulation and deception. And God is sitting in heaven saying no. I arranged this. I arranged this. This is not the work of Laban. This is the work of Jehovah. And you know that. And we know that Jacob had this revelation at the end of his life. Because when the women die. Rachel and, poor, poor Rachel as pretty as she was. She just got buried under a tree. But when Leah died, Jacob said, I've come to realize now at the end of my life that what Laban meant for evil, God meant for good. He said, and I want you to bury this woman with Abraham and with Sarah. And when I die, don't you leave my body here in Egypt. You take me and bury me right next to the woman that God had given me, but I didn't see it from the beginning. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You are in the middle of a situation and you're saying, I have been tricked. I've been lied to. I've been deceived. I've been manipulated. I've been taken advantage of. I've been lied on. I've been locked into. A s- I've been trapped. I'm a prisoner. And little do you know that with the world, the devil, that person, that situation, that employer, that spouse, that child, whoever it is, meant for evil, God is meaning it for good. And God is I'm preaching to somebody right now. Come on, help me preach. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's just praise God right now. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I want to preach to you today. As I close, and I'm not going to preach long, but I want to preach to you for a few more minutes about things every Christian should know. There's some things you got to know. There's some things you have to know. One of the worst parts of being in a trial is not knowing. It's not knowing. Not knowing when it's going to end. Not knowing why it began. Not knowing how it's going to turn out. Not knowing... Not knowing what's going to happen. And so the Bible lets us know that there are some things you need to know. And if you don't know, now you're going to know. Praise God. Hallelujah. The first thing you need to know is that all things are going to work together for the good. Romans 8 and 28 says, and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. I want you to know that everything is going to come together and begin working for the good. It didn't say all things are good. It says that all things work together for the good. Amen. Hallelujah. To them that love God, I want you to listen to me cornerstone really good. I want you to listen to me visitor. You have to keep your love for God. This battle is for your love for God. The devil's not after your house. The devil's not after your business. The devil's not after your car. The devil's not after your jacket. He's not after your Louis Vuitton purse. He don't care about your Prada heels. He don't care about your he don't care about your condo. He don't care about your vacation home. He's after your love of God. If he can get you to stand in court, amen, hallelujah, and denounce your love for God. If he can get you to open up an empty cupboard and question if God loves you. If he can get you, amen, to go to bed at night wondering if God even loves you. If he can, nothing will work together for the good. But if you can maintain your love for God, everything... I said everything. Oh, let's praise Him right now. Come on. Do not lose your love for God. Do not. I'm willing to lose the house, but not the love for God. I'm willing to lose the car, but not my love for God. I'm I'm willing to lose money, but not my love for God. Because if I lose my love for God, nothing will work out for my good. If he can get me to put my hands down, if he can get me to be quiet, if he can get me to stop giving, come on somebody, if he can get me to stop showing up to church, if he can get me to stop reaching, If you lose your love for God. A divorce is just a divorce. If you lose your love for God. Unemployment is just unemployment. If you lose your love for God. Depression is just depression. If you lose your love for God. Drug addiction is just drug addiction. If you lose your love for God. A lost loved one is just a lost loved one. If you lose your love for God. Backslid kids are just backslid. If you lose your love for God. A deceased spouse is just a deceased spouse. But if you can keep your love for God, if you can keep your love for God, the funeral, the court, the divorce, the drug addiction, the depression, the wayward children, it'll all work. The lost job, the lost income, the lost house, the reboat car, it'll all, it'll all work out for the- Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Fight for that love. Fight for that love. Fight for that love. Somebody give God a great big hand praise right now. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Somebody love him. Somebody love him. Somebody love him. Oh, we're going to put it in park right here. Somebody love him. Love him. Love him with diabetes. Love him with cancer. Love Love him. Love him. Love him. Love him with backslid children. Love him. Love him. just pray for a few seconds I want you to pray God don't let me don't ever let me lose my love don't ever let me God Jesus oh Jesus oh Jesus oh God oh come on I still got more to preach but we need to put it in park right here oh God he ta da da bo sanda He ta da da bo sanda He ta da da bo sanda He ta da da no. da da Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You know, it's not part of my notes. God split the Red Sea. But Pharaoh helped the children of Israel cross. They would not have crossed without Pharaoh. They would have stayed put. They weren't, they they show enough weren't listening to Moses. Moses couldn't hardly motivate the bunch. God said, I'll get you to move. We'll get, this, we'll get this caravan moving. There are some of you, God bless you, I love you, your pastor loves you, Sister Mayo loves you, Jesus loves you. But you don't move for nothing. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about running while I'm preaching. I'm not talking about jumping while they're singing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about going through the same situation over and over and over again, but afraid to walk away, afraid to cut off toxic friendships, afraid to step out in faith, afraid to tithe, afraid to give, afraid afraid to serve in Sunday school, afraid to step it up, afraid to go forward, afraid to throw things away, afraid to get rid of people, afraid, just fearful, you're stuck. You, you, you tell yourself that you're conservative and cautious and you, and you coat everything in wisdom and I'm just not one to move fast. You're not one to move at all. And I'm telling you because I've been there, done that. I've been there when God says, move, boy. And I say, no. You know, we don't preach about this much. But the, the Moses and the elders of Israel, Moses kept telling Pharaoh, let us go. Let us go. Let us go. Finally, one day, all the elders come before Pharaoh. And they tell Pharaoh. You either let us go or the Lord will fall on us. There comes a point where it it ain't the devil you ought to be sweating. There comes a point where if you don't make the move you have to make, God himself will descend on you and thunder on you. Because he loves you, not because he hates you. Because he refuses to leave you in that situation, in that circumstance. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You ended up at Cornerstone Church because you were stuck in a situation and you weren't leaving. The kids were backsliding. Your wife was getting sick and you, you you came here dragging your feet. Don't you ever do that again. Pick it up. Be the saint of God you were when you first got saved. Get yourself together. Don't revert back to new convert mode. But my children are back so that I lost them in that other church. Get yourself together and God will get your kids back. Get you, but my my wife and I lost everything. That's not God's fault. He had been telling you to move. Get yourself together and now serve God. And now serve God. I'm preaching this. I know you don't like this, but I didn't come to offend you and I didn't come to please you either. Hallelujah. I'm just letting you know there comes a point when you got to do what God says. There comes a point when Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Oh, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. You ever had God put the pitch on you? You ever had God put the pitch on you? Come on, somebody. Jesus. Oh, let's just pray. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to us. hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There is a man in this service. Sister Mayo, I remember the day God descended on me. I was in the world selling dope, high, running with a foul crowd. God kept dealing with me. You know, God don't always necessarily, when you're in the world, God don't talk to you through preachers. It's failed drug deals. He got, God's, God's bilingual. He could, he's multilingual. He could talk a lot of ways. It's bar fights where you get your head cracked open. That's a word from God. That's right. There's a man here. You play the Christian. And I know you mean well. But privately you're fooling around. And you're living as worldly and as devilish as possible. And things keep falling apart and falling apart and falling apart. God's being nice to you, sir. But today... God's serving you, notice that if you don't cut that out, he's going to fall on you. Jesus said it this way, it is better that you fall on the rock and be broken to pieces than the rock fall on you and you be made powder. I'd rather be pieces than powder. Because you can put pieces back together. You can't put powder back together. Go ahead and keep rebuking the devil. Go ahead and getting Christian coffee mugs with Bible verses on it. It's God acting upon you. Because he loves you. Let us pray together for just a few seconds. I want you to pray that hearts would receive what the Lord is speaking. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I feel God. Oh, I feel God. Oh, I feel God. He cayamora send the sebo di di Look at your neighbor and say, you should know. Number two, you should know that there is a patience that can only be manufactured by the Holy Spirit. I know people that think, I'm a pretty patient person. Maybe you are. But your patience is still nothing compared to the patience that the Spirit produces. There's a patience that is exclusive. It can only be made by the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about people that have a natural disposition and temperament. I'm talking about the patience that comes from God. It is a fruit of the spirit, not the human spirit. But it is a fruit of God's spirit. And here's the part that I shouldn't get too many amens about. It can only be produced by the Spirit through tribulation. Romans 5 and 3 says, Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Without the tribulation, you will never produce the beautiful fruit of the Spirit known as patience. You'll never have it. And let me tell you something. The reason a lot of us forfeit and quit and surrender in the middle of a trial, the reason so many of us are quick to grab the white flag, is because we're afraid of being ashamed. We, we live with hunting little voices in the back of our head that says, you're going to fail and you're going to prove everybody that was critical of you right. You're going to prove your family members that this church thing was just a phase. You're going to trust God and fall on your face. You're going to look like this, dress like this, act like this, sing like this, and it's all smoke. And you're going to be the laughing stock of your family that told you to get out of that church a long time ago. And you're going to prove your uncle Richard right. And your children who keep telling you to leave that church, you're going to prove them right. The Bible says that you ought to know that tribulation is going to work patience in your life. And patience is going to work experience. And experience hope. And when you get that hope, amen, it maketh not ashamed. I'm letting you know right now. I'm I'm speaking to you. You can close your eyes cuz I'm talking to the real you. I'm not talking to the person on the pew. I'm talking to that soulish you, that internal you, that real you. The devil is a liar. You will not be ashamed for putting your trust in God. You will not Come on. You will not be ashamed for stepping out by faith. You will not be ashamed for obeying the word of God. You will not be ashamed for your dancing, for your singing, for your praising. You will not be ashamed for your church attendance. You will not be ashamed for your faithfulness to the house of God. You will not be left ashamed for your. Come on. Come on, somebody. Come on. Let's praise God. Let's praise God. I have a word from God for somebody right now. Come on. The other night on a Wednesday night. On Wednesday, we were having Bible class. And the Holy Ghost moved. I mean, it really moved. There wasn't many of us there, but God was there. And we were crying and we were weeping and I looked over at my wife and She was getting, like, really touched. And so I just kind of kept praying for the saints and looked over. My wife was still getting really touched. When we got home, we were standing in the kitchen, and she said, she said, Ari, she said, God healed me. But she wasn't talking about physical pain. A few weeks prior to that, somebody in church, not our church, another church member, who was anointed to talk trash, went up to my wife and said something. And my wife's nature is just not to really be confrontational, not because she's afraid of people, she's just, that's just not her thing. She's just kind of of that first one to yell loses. So the person just kept talking silly trash. And you know, sometimes you don't really realize how bad you're cut till you walk away. And so she walked away only to discover she was bleeding. And then you start regretting that you didn't stand up for yourself. Because you didn't realize the exchange that was going on. Because you know, some people are really good at being snide and snarky. Some people are really good at saying derogatory, condescending, insulting things in a good, nice tone. Did I ever tell you how ugly you are? You know, I hate you, you're just the worst. You'd be so much happier if you weren't you. <laughs> you know mom never liked you. We joked, but it was no joke. Some people are good. They're just they're just anointed to do that. And these voices, what they're really good at. It's two things, staying lodged and then predicting shame. And I looked at my wife, I said, Jamie, I said, if God had to heal you, it's because the exchange that took place that day was spiritual. There are people in this sanctuary right now that you have had exchanges, verbal exchanges with people that you have dismissed as bad attitude, just minor conflict. That's them. But you're leaking. You're cut. There are people, listen, I I know how we are. I'm Pentecostal. Wasn't born it, but I am that now. We come up with all kinds of fancy ways to do dumb things. There's people here, you've been cursed. People have cursed you. Cussed you and cursed you. Now, the problem with a lot of curses is we tend to think, you know, we think witches and bat wings and Green pots of bubbling soup. We ain't talking about that. We're talking about somebody who wishes you the worst. Who hopes you fall. Who tells you as you walk away, you're going to go down. That's not a blessing, friend. That's a curse. Let me tell you something. The minute you or I or anyone starts cursing, you're not Christian at that moment. And if Jesus thundered on you, you're going to hell. I know some folks, yeah, I I lost about 20, 30 of you. That's fine. That's fine. But let me just take you to the Bible. The Bible says that salt water and sweet water cannot issue forth out of the same fountain. And if somebody's if somebody's being salty, they ain't very saved at that moment. And they better hope Jesus don't thunder on them, because I'm telling you right now, they are in the wrong position, saying the wrong thing to the wrong person. You guys might have had a conflict, and maybe it justified some some back and forth. But there there comes a, there there's a line nobody should cross. There's a line pastors shouldn't cross. There's a line preachers shouldn't cross. There's a line wives shouldn't cross. There's a line husbands shouldn't cross. There's a line children shouldn't cross. You can be angry. You can have your differences of opinion. But when you start talking crazy, when you start spitting that salt water, friend, you're in big trouble. But those of you that have had that salt water poured on you, today, God is going to heal you of that. Today, God is going to stitch that up. Today, God is going to... God is going to perform an operation. There are some of you, and listen, I know this is a touchy subject, and I probably shouldn't do it while Pastor Mayo's not here, but there are some of you that you may have come here from other ministries, and there was things said to you that were hurtful. They were damaging. They're still lingering around in your head. You actually really believe that you might backslide in just a few months. You really believe that you may end up losing everything in the end. I came to let you know that's not true. I came to let you know you will not be backsliding anytime soon. I came to let you know that the blessing of the Lord is upon you, and it maketh rich, and it addeth no sorrow. I came to rebuke the curses that have been spoken over you ever since you were a child. I came to speak against the curses, amen, that were spoken over you, amen, by your ex-husband. I came to rebuke the voice of the devourer. I came to rebuke the voice of Satan. I came to let you know you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed in the field, you're blessed in your home, you're blessed... Come on, somebody. Let's worship him. Let's worship him. Let's worship. Come on. Uh, Jesus, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. You will not be ashamed. You will not fail. You will not fall. People say, how could you say that? You can't predict whether somebody's going to fall or fail or not. I sure can't. But I'm trying, you know, why are we so accepting of negative, condescending, evil, condemning voices? And when somebody speaks good to us, we reject it. When somebody yells at us, you're going to make it. making tortillas for Jesus. If you've been cursed, if you've been cussed, if you've been condemned and somebody yells at you, you're going to make it. You ought to yell back, yes I am. 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 Yeah, I'm going to make it through this marriage. I'm going to make it through this divorce. I'm going to make it through college. I'm going to make it at Cornerstone Church. I'm going to make it through unemployment. I'm going to make it through COVID. I'm going to make it through cancer. I'm going to make it through diabetes. I'm going to make it through depression. I'm going to make it through loneliness. I'm going to make it. I'm going to raise this kid by myself, but I'm going to make it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm going to make it because Jesus because Je- oh, Jesus Let's lift our hands and pray. Come on. Oh hallelujah. You get excited about you making it. You get excited about it. I'm excited about it. Your pastor's excited about it. Your pastor's wife's excited about it. But you need to get excited about it. Oh, come on. Come on just for about 5 seconds. We need to pray. There's somebody here right now. You're about to have a spiritual operation take place. It's going to happen inside your heart. It's going to happen inside your spirit. Those words, that argument, that thing that was said to you, it's going to be extracted today. It's going to be exhumed and taken out of your spirit today. And God's going sh- to close up the wound. God's going to close up the wound. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. If it's appropriate, lay your your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you just for a second. If it's appropriate. If if you don't want to be touched, it's fine. I get it. Don't worry about it. And I want you to pray. I bless you. Come on, just say that. You don't got to pray nothing fancy. Just pray. I bless you. I bless you. I bless your children. I bless your home, I bless your future, I bless you in the name of Jesus, I invoke a blessing. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you, the Lord be gracious to you, the Lord give you grace, the Lord pour his love on you, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I bless you. I bless. Come on. I bless you in school. I bless you on your job. I feel God. <laughs> He tell a He come on, speak some of that sweet water. Speak some of that sweet water. He tell a lot he tell a lot of bos. So don't know. Come on, get out there and bless somebody. Bless somebody. I bless you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you. I bless you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, come on, come on, if nobody's praying with you, why don't you just lift your hands and just say, bless me, Jesus, bless me, Jesus, bless my son, bless my daughter, bless my home, bless my health, bless my mind, bless my heart, bless me, bless me, bless me, I need you. I need you. I need you. I don't want a car. I don't want a house. I want you. I don't want money. I want you. You more than anything. <laughs> Bless me, Jesus. Oh God, bless my mom. Bless my dad. Bless my home. Bless my brother. Bless my sister, God. Bless me. God, remember my family. Bless my family. No, 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 Oh God. Oh, she! He cried, "No, no, 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 Oh, Jesus. Somebody's battle with depression is going to be over today. It's going to be over today. God is going to bless you with joy but you have to crawl out of that hole. You got to crawl out of that darkness. You got to lift up your hands and you got to realize that when you ask Jesus to bless you, it's not a self-centered prayer. It's not, it's not you asking for things. It's you asking for him. It's you asking for his presence, for his joy, for his peace, for his love, for his